You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from Microsoft.com. A very good morning to you. My name is Christian Corley and with me is Gavin Phillips. We're going to push on and get through our weekly collection of tech news about stuff that actually matters to you. And I'm going to say you, I mean you, the listener, not you, the Gavin. And then we'll bring you some tips and tricks about um, how to make better use out of your technology. And we'll, we'll finish with a discussion uh, probably about something that we've encountered recently and think maybe you'd be interested in trying yourself. And if not you, then maybe you, the Gavin. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we will kick off with some tech news. And I'm going to start with Elon Musk, who says that Neuralink has implanted a wireless brain chip in human. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's been a long time coming. They've wanted to do this since 2020. That was their original plan. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, quite understandably, they've had to go through significant hoops to uh, get to this point. Um, and it's just it's the first step with uh, Musk's company called Neuralink to um, going widespread with uh, yeah neural, neural implants, brain implants. Yeah. Um, Neuralink's first product will be called telepathy elon musk has said and um it would enable control of your phone or computer and through them almost any device just by thinking initial users will be those who have lost the use of their limbs um i mean from a um ability point of view and a disability point of view i can see there was obviously going to be some advantages but the whole for communication and accessibility but I mean, I have no interest in connecting anything to my cerebral cortex, Gavin. I've got no, to be honest. The whole idea of it is somewhat terrifying. I think as uh, we're both able to say that from the point of view as being uh, abled bodies, as it as it were, um, it's it's a slightly different proposition. Absolutely, isn't it? yeah. Um, so the main goal uh, for for the listener is is not that they want to create like a superhuman mind control um, subset of humans. (laughs) But I do think maybe that is an eventual goal of the whole project. But the first phase of it is certainly to provide um, those with less able bodies um, the opportunity to have greater control over their lives, which is it's pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I I don't have any particular as 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 Gavin mentioned. I don't have any particular insight on this. My father's um, only one eye. He won't mind me um, saying. Dad's eighty two now. He's had he's been living with monoocular vision since nineteen eighty one. So half That's his quite life. A long time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I know he would. Um, I know he um, misses out not being able to see things with. Um, the same depth that you can see before you can't really watch 3d movies and take mm. the benefit of it uh, and stuff like that so um i'd be interested to see if there's any way around uh, that although he's probably too old to benefit from it now but uh, yeah it's 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 an interesting new area of um medicine uh, medical science that uh the technology's been able to develop and it's i'm i'm, I'm elon musk gets a lot of flack doesn't he 
yeah, yeah, quite quite rightly. Quite rightly, <laughs> yes. Um, at times, but I mean, this is this is a great um, company to, um, to, to to be pushing, and uh, telepathy looks very interesting. But um, I mean, it does set a precedent for um, for able-bodied people uh, later on down the line, where this sort of thing becomes available. And uh, I personally don't want to be plugged into anything. No, the inability for most of us to disconnect properly from social media being online the constant scroll of smartphones etc is already yeah extremely difficult and without fully knowing what this technology would be like um for those with an able body uh, a good a good reference for it is that musk has previously said that the product is in part inspired by the science fiction series The Culture by uh, Ian M. Banks. Right. Which there's a lot of neural sort of telepathic communication and stuff going on in that series. And I think part of the design and the desire for the long term is to bring some of that ability to all humans. Um, but obviously it requires quite significant surgery to get the implant into the brain itself anyway i think they need to connect something like 1500 electrodes in the brain to make it work effectively and obviously it's it's been pushed further and further down the line as well because the during the testing period where they've been testing on um primates a lot of primates have died during that period obviously um so there's definitely a lot of issues around the feasibility of installing this in humans in general at the current time. So the first person to have, have had it done is going to be, I'm guessing, like maybe not even let out of the hospital facility or whatever it is because they will want to keep such close tabs on them. Yeah, yeah. I want to move on to uh, something more uh, entertainment-based now. Um, TikTok has removed music by Taylor Weekend. Who? Um, TikTok <laughs> has removed music by Taylor Swift along with The Weeknd and Olivia Rodrigo um, due to a row with their record label Universal Music Group. So um, a licensing agreement between TikTok and Universal Music Group or UMG uh, expired last week, which means that you won't be able to listen to their music through TikTok or use their music on TikTok. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you can imagine, I would have thought this would have come up more often, to be honest. Yeah. This is sort of the first major strike with, uh, you know, two of the world's biggest artists. But, yeah, I really would have thought that they would have maybe stepped in as well and been like, I don't want my my music playing along certain types of content at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely fair. Ariana Grande and Katy Perry have also had a lot of their music removed, um music that was with umg um they've been on other labels though and uh billy eilish another umg artist as um again um, most of her material has been uh taken down as well that's interesting isn't it that this should occur and as, as gavin says with some of the material that goes on there it's maybe not that surprising um tiktok's a weird place isn't it it is in general, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't necessarily know how much they get 
paid for having their music on TikTok as well. I mean, they're part of UMG, which is a colossal uh, colossal enterprise, isn't it? So yeah. I'm sure they're getting a good amount of money from it. But it's more the commodification of music in ways that doesn't benefit um, smaller artists, does it? So, I mean, I say this as an avid Spotify user, so I've not got a leg to stand on, but, you know, people don't get paid enough through these services, do they? Franklin Graves is an attorney and author of a newsletter focused on legal developments in the creator economy and says content creators already compete on social media platforms with diluted or non-existing royalty pools. By throwing an additional licensing payment for AI-generated music into the mix, it could potentially decrease any ad revenue share left after TikTok's cut and rights holders are paid. So there is a uh, AI um, dimension to this as well. TikTok's response is... um, it's kind of cut and paste CCP stuff, really. It is sad and disappointing that UMG has put their own greed above the interests of their artists and songwriters. Despite Universal's false narrative and rhetoric, the fact is they have chosen to walk away from the powerful support of a platform with well over a billion users that serves as a free promotional and discovery vehicle for their talent. <laughs> it's just that final line is hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, uh, have you heard of this uh, new artist? I think she's called Taylor Swift. No. <laughs> Don't know if you've heard of her. No, no. I'll check her out. I'll check her out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, sticking with music, uh, Spotify's content filter um, ran into a bit of a problem the other day. Young fans of Olivia Rodrigo Eminem. <laughs> uh, there's your warning there already. And others were, sh- were showing explicit lyrics on Spotify last week. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, the argument is you obviously shouldn't be letting your five-year-old or whatever listen to Eminem anyway. No. <laughs> you can bleep out the, the swear words as much as you want, but the uh, <laughs> the rest of the content's still going to get through. Yep, absolutely. Um, and what's happened here is that um, racial slurs and swear words um, were displayed on screen whilst the um, radio-friendly versions were played. <laughs> oh god that is terrible isn't it? <laughs> i just i don't know we've always been quite open with our kids um in terms of what they can listen to but if there's certain songs or what have you that i know have particularly bad swear words or everything then we do skip them over obviously but i think it's more just you've got to keep an eye on what the kids are doing haven't you more than anything yeah yeah, I should think so. Oh, I'm going to sound like some sort of grumpy old man when I say this. But then again, hip-hop's been around for a very long time. I don't like my kids listening to hip-hop because the majority of it is low quality. It's misogynistic. And there's and, and there's bad language and drug use and, you know, actual... And a lot of this is the sort of um, sub-genre gangster rap. But that's kind of been... That's almost like the, the, the prime genre of it these days mm. isn't it thanks to uh, mtv and some very um low grade videos over the years so yeah i'm i'm, I'm really not a fan of it at all so i, I do kind of uh, point out the issues with that type of music with my children and hopefully the, the older two in particular hopefully that's uh, something that's made an impact let's say yeah, for sure. I totally agree. We had a similar thing, though, recently, actually, Christian, with uh, my, my eldest daughter, who's uh, almost 14 now. And uh, we were listening to, I can't remember the track, but it's uh, it was a well-known sort of like reggae sort of dub track. And she turned to me and was like, I've actually just understood what this song's about, Dad. <laughs> oh, like, 
I was like, yeah, yeah, it's full of all sorts of dodgy references, but yeah. I'm, 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 I'm relieved you didn't say so have I at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's tips and tricks time now where we help make better use of your tech and uh, become more familiar with the tech world around you uh, now um just before we started recording today i got a text message and uh happily it was nothing suspicious i don't think let's just double check no it's from my bank um but scams come in many forms and one of those forms is sms they mm. come through sms messaging and also um text messaging through whatsapp skype facebook messaging telegram all sorts of um, attack vectors we call them uh, different avenues of putting you at risk making you uncertain giving you the um the feeling that maybe you need to do something with your bank details or send money to someone somewhere and there's all these different terms there's phishing there's smishing there's vishing it's um I'm, i almost sound like i'm rapping what are all these different things gavin <laughs> that's a good question christian despite them sounding relatively similar they are all uh, different types of scam attacks but delivered through different methods so phishing would traditionally be delivered via an email smishing which is uh uses the part of sms so it's delivered via a text message and uh and vishing is a a phishing scam carried out over a phone call there's also another one christian which mm. i'll throw in there which is just sort of on the rise which is quishing yes which is um a scam operated through a malicious qr code and that's yeah. something we're seeing a lot more of these days yes it is i um i haven't come across that i have i have noticed though that um, more and more phone providers are they haven't blocked them yet, but I've noticed on uh, my wife's iPhone and my new Samsung, which we'll come to later, that um, QR code apps aren't necessary anymore because it's all built into the camera. Yeah, so you either have it built directly into the camera app or on most Android devices you can switch to uh, the integrated Google Lens mode, which yeah. will then scan the thing. I think Apple uh, iPhones have a similar system as well. So, I mean, it's. Um, we, we, I, I don't want to get off the point, but in terms of QR codes, using the um, the approved option rather than a third party option is na naturally going to be a lot safer, isn't it? It is to a certain degree, but the issue with QR codes specifically is that um, when you hover over the QR code itself, it often shows you the URL that you're mm -hmm. going to go to. The problem is that those URLs are easy to disguise and can be spoofed to look like something else. So it could be uh. a link to some I don't know, malware or a, or a scam site or whatever, but it appears to just be a normal link to a website you might actually want to visit. And before you know it, you've you know input your data on a fake site or something. Ah, good tip there. Uh, so how do we spot a smishing, smishing, vishing or quishing scam? Um, Gavin, for it is he, has uh, compiled an excellent look at uh, smishing, fishing and vishing. And there 
are a number of examples of the types of things you can look out for. The text messages, there's one here. Your account, Mary18, password is Mr19632. The balance is this. You can withdraw. Do not share the message. No, the balance is state is $196,341.63. And you're probably going to be um, intrigued by this and think, oh, hold on, there's a mistake here. I need to get in touch with these people. And that's what they're expecting you to do. That is the scam. Uh, but there's um, there are other things that you can do to look out for them, aren't there? Yeah, I think so. The, the biggest tip I always have for anybody in these situations is that most of the time companies aren't contacting you, yeah. and they're certainly not contacting you telling you that you have loads of money no. waiting for you, or that you are the lucky recipient of a brand new samsung s24 pro or whatever it is yeah yeah yeah. companies are typically not doing that especially if you never enter any competition (laughs) (laughs) it's always a giveaway it is always a giveaway but that's how that's it's one of the main ways that companies do uh sorry scammers not companies do try and and win and win you over and it's the same thing in your email account. So that's the other primary way that phishing attacks happen. And it's through something like your PayPal account has been locked down or your Amazon account has an outstanding charge on it or something, anything like that. Yeah. If, if an email like that ever appears in your account, you never click the link in the email. You should always go to... The, your account separately from that if you have a worry about it oftentimes it could be that you've been sent an email for an account that you don't even have and you think oh gosh did i have an account with them and that's another way that they they play on the on the not knowing if you have one or not everyone has millions of accounts these days don't they you yeah. can't remember all of the accounts you have so the biggest tips is is always always never ever click the links just ignore them Good tip, good tip. Ignore links in messages. Mm. What about phone calls? Phone calls is tricky, isn't it? Definitely tricky. I, um, if it comes up and it's a number that I don't know, uh, I tend to let it ring through and then I'll search for the phone number. Yeah, I do the same. There's a lot of good um, sites online uh, in, in the US, uh, UK, Europe, everywhere that pretty much provide a database where people input numbers that have phoned them and said if this is a scam number or it could be that it's um, a mobile phone provider trying to flog you their latest deal or whatever but typically people will go and write this number down and say to say what it is so you can get a good idea of of, uh, if it's safe or not but I um yeah I, I do tend to let things ring through and then and then figure it out afterwards because if they're desperate to get in contact with you and it's a legitimate thing, they'll phone back. If it's someone scamming you and your line rings through, they probably won't phone back because they'll just move on to the next person. Fair enough. Okay. We're going to move on ourselves now to uh, mobile apps and how to remove them on Android. There's a couple of just quick tips here. The, the main crux of this is uh, bloatware and pre-installed apps that you find to be utterly useless. I um, I've come across this a few times over the years, and there are various ways that you can dispose of them. Um, get these apps off your phone. Uh, obviously, the the non way of uninstalling something uh, on Android is uh, to find the app. Uh, long 
tap it and um, either then drag it to the little delete box at the bottom or the uninstall box at the bottom or select the uninstall option uh, above it or um, sometimes there's a, a little option it'll take you to the um, app uh, info screen and you can uninstall it from there I mean that's standard app removal but if you can't do that because the app is pre-installed then you've got the option of um, disabling it now these days that should be enough but because because phones come with so much storage now, don't they? So much memory that um, it's it's unlikely that a single pre-installed app is going to cause much of a problem. I haven't come. I mean, there was a time years ago where phones would come, much like Windows, with a load of um, games and stuff pre-installed, wasn't that? Oh God, yeah. Was the one that Candy Crush would come on every single phone? Yeah. Oh my word. Oh yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there is an alternative to this, which is um, software called ADB Android Debug Bridge, which requires you to connect your phone to your PC using the USB cable. And there's a graphical version of this, but most people do this using a, um, a command line interface. That's another way of doing it. That the steps for this are included in the article that I'm referring to here, which we will link to, along with everything else in this week's show, in the show notes. And there's another thing you can do, which is install a custom Android ROM. That basically deletes your phone, but gives you a new version of Android. No one does this anymore, hardly yet. I don't know anyone who does custom ROMs anymore. I have not flashed a custom ROM for years at no, this point. I used to be really into it back in the day. It was really yeah. good fun. Um, I think... I, I broke a phone doing it as well. That was always one of the hazards, wasn't it? <laughs> I can't say um, I've ever done that. I've got <clears throat> a... There's a phone in the drawer in front of me, which is an old Nexus, which make use of gave me many years ago, um, an old Google Nexus phone, which I think I've got... It's had lots of ROMs in it. I think it currently has a, um, Ubuntu Touch on it. Um, but before oh, cool. that, had plenty of Androids on it. I actually, um, a long time, we are going back, we're going like um, 15 years or so, when um, Microsoft abandoned Windows Mobile 6.5 in favour of Windows Phone. There's lots of people, some very decent, meaty HTC devices. And I, I made a fair bit of cash selling on eBay the service of installing Android on these phones. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've done quite a bit of ROM flashing over years myself. But, yeah, I, as I say, it's not really something people do these days. I think because the the features that custom ROMs brought to phones, they're kind of, they're in phones now, aren't they? There was a time when Android wasn't that mature an operating system. That there's a lot of features that it didn't have that you maybe felt that it could have. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There was also the um, issue with Google for a long time hadn't released uh, Pixel, which is, you know, their phone. So everybody wanted just a more plain, stripped-back version, didn't they? And then yeah. once Google released the Google Pixel... Uh, is, it, is it Pixel series? That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, people stopped doing it as much because they're like, well, these phones basically do everything that a, a, a fresh ROM would have done instead. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of the um, a lot of the custom ROMs, they're built on the AOSP, aren't they? The, yeah, the, the yeah. basic version of Android that Google uses. and you know, It's kind of the open source version of Android. So um, because of that, and because Google's version is very stripped back, then it tends not to be um, something that people want to do that much these days. And I was like, there's a little bit of difficulty surrounding it. But, um, yeah, so just to um, wheel back there, it is straightforward to uh, remove apps from Android. If you have a pre-installed app that you don't like, the best option is to disable 
and hide it rather than to go through a lot of um, stress-inducing hoops to actually physically delete it. It is recommendations time on the Really Useful Podcast this week, and it's a part of the show where we uh, share, ouch, where we share how heavy our desks are, uh, where we share something with you um, that we've recently experienced uh, in the tech field, and uh, maybe you'll be interested to hear it, or certainly we hope that the person that we're speaking to is interested in hearing it first. Um, also, I'm going to let you go, uh, Gavin, first. Okay, yeah, cool. I've got one small thing to say before I give you my actual recommendation. Um, just a, a brilliant moment on YouTube where uh, I like to watch dashcam vids. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> so it's people's dashcam footage? Yeah, yeah. Isn't but, it a bit uh, boring? I, uh, it is a bit boring, yeah. But okay. I quite like it in terms of, I think, you know, it can help you be a bit of a better driver overall. Do, 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 is, is there not like a privacy thing with other people's number plates? Uh, not that I'm aware of. There's definitely all in the videos, so... Oh, wow, I could upload so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and then so I also like to watch uh, mountain biking videos. I like to do a bit of mountain oh, biking right. and stuff. There's a place in um, Wales called uh, Machlinith, and next to that is the Dovey Bike Park. So anyway, so long story short, YouTube, in its infinite wisdom, was like, huh, this guy likes dashcam videos and he likes mountain biking in this specific area. So we'll show him the opening of a new bridge on the A487 road. (laughs) 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 So I was like, oh, thank you, YouTube. That is genuinely slightly interesting. Thank you so much. You've nailed me right there. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So that was just an interesting... uh, tidbit from the week i was like oh thanks youtube uh but my actual recommendation this week uh is a keyboard and i've been using the asus uh, rog azoth white gaming keyboard it's like a fully integrated mechanical keyboard 75 keys it's got a really nice um like led uh, oled screen on it that displays various bits of information volume control lighting controls and all that sort of stuff um and the thing that i really like about this keyboard is actually the switches so it's got some uh, asus in-house uh, mechanical switches they're very smooth they sound really nice they're a bit like thocky uh good sound uh and they uh, they they activate really fast very fast actuation so right. um, yeah i've been really enjoying that the only downside i would say is the is the price on this uh and it's 270 pounds in the uk so i'm guessing that's going to be about 300 dollars or so in the US. So it is a pricey bit of kit, but it's uh, it's a very, very nice keyboard. It really is. So just, just, just to clarify there, you spent £300 on a keyboard? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's really, really nice. <laughs> and this is a keyboard that you type into your computer with, not one that you make music on. Yeah, yeah. Just, a, so, just regular... so the listener's clear on what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. It's a regular typing keyboard, uh, and it costs about £300. Okay. And uh, <laughs> it's really, really, really nice. <laughs> but like, So £300 is a lot for a keyboard. I do get that. But like custom mechanical keyboards can go up way, way more than that. So. Okay. No, know. no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what have you got, Christian? Well, I mean, mine's not brand new. At least to me, uh, a few weeks ago, I uh, got a new phone. 
And it's a uh, Samsung Z Fold 4. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I've, I got this for various reasons. Number one, it means I only have one sort of uh, mobile device. Yeah. Because it folds out, and it's about, I would say it's about a third of the size of my old tablet. But for the amount of times I actually use my tablet for reading, a lot of the time I'm zooming in. Well, still need to zoom in with this. So there's, it's not really, there's, not, there's no great difference there. So I, I now just take my phone slash tablet with me everywhere I go. And it is a great fold. phone. It uh, unfolds, obviously, and folds up again. And it does everything I need to do from a mobile phone. It also features the Samsung DeX. So if I'm short of a PC, it's got wireless HDMI. I can connect a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and it turns into a PC. So it's basically everything I need from a mobile device in one handy piece of kit. I uh, really like the folding phones, actually. Um, they've really grown on me since the sort of... I know there was some sort of, oh, God, we don't need folding phones. We've moved past that. But they're, they're really good bits of kit, aren't they? Yeah, I'm uh, very impressed with, with this in particular. I looked at the, um, the Google one. It wasn't really... It didn't grab me in the same way this did, so I'm glad I got this one. That's nice. I've used the Honor Magic something v2 uh, i had a good play on that um at ifa last year right and that's a really nice bit of kit as well the difference between for me between the fold and the flip phones the folds are so much more useful because you're giving yourself more real estate the flip ones are cool but they're not really doing much other than you know, fitting into your pocket a bit easier. Yeah. Whereas the, the folds, like you said, you can unfold it and then you've got like a nice big workspace basically, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, basically that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. I find it, I'm reading a lot more as well with this. So that's good. Well, like uh, like uh, ebooks on your phone and stuff. Yeah, and and uh, magazine apps. And I, I mean, I subscribe to Readly. I have done for a long time. So I get a lot of my magazines through that. Oh, nice. That's really good. So that's another thing about the form factor, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to read on a regular screen, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. And obviously the um, Z Fold 4s are a couple of years old now, so you might prefer to um, go for the 5 or the uh, 6. But um, I, would, I would just say, you know, it's a good form factor to use. I'm really happy with this phone. Uh, it's pretty sturdy. And the, the hingy thing, I mean, it's, it's not really an issue. It's just a single screen, and it works really well. So... Yeah, check that out. There, uh, I mean, th this model obviously is a couple of years old now, so it's going to be more affordable than the uh, newer ones. So I would, um, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with it. That's my recommendation. We've reached the end of the show, so um, yeah, if you have any thoughts, uh, let us know. Uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and uh, we will uh, reciprocate. If it's a five star review, we'll read it out. We'll be back for a new show next week. Until then, it's goodbye from us. Oh.